everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, or if this is your first time listening to us, because I've been out promoting it with other people <laughs> this past week, oh. we are a podcast that focuses on new media from the past week, including, but not limited to, music, TV, movies, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. Hi, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. This is the Media Boat Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It is June the 18th, 2022. This is episode 337? Six. 336. Close enough. 336, <laughs> thank you. Um, and yeah, we're happy to bring you all of the news and thoughts from the last week in media. So without further ado, let's get started Yep. And take it to, to music. Yep. And we always start music with the billboard. And we start the billboard yes. with the Hot 100. And as it was, yes. billboard doesn't really change that much. Because as it was, <laughs> Harry Styles is once again your number one song. Yep. Followed by First Class by Jack Harlow. Yep. Wait For You by Future. But really it's Drake. We'll talk more about Drake later. Yes, we will. Uh, at four, Running Up That Hill, yes. A Deal With God. By Kate Bush. Yes, yes, that 80s song, Kate Bush. Charting after uh, I reported that story a couple weeks ago about how it, Stranger Things kicked it up the streaming charts. Yep. Uh, even though it's number four here in the U.S. on Billboard, it is number one in the U.K. Billboard. Yes. They love their Kate Bush. And rounding out your top five, it's about damn time. I could. By Lizzo. Just like I said yeah, last week, I could also use a cinnamon roll. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways. As for your Billboard 200, your albums chart, uh, coming in at number one, Un Verano Sinti by Bad Bunny. Is, is that how you're going to say his name from now on? Yeah, Bad Bunny. Yeah. That's how he says Bad Bunny. That's how he says it. That's how he says it, so I might as well repeat how Bad Bunny says it. <laughs> I feel like you're allowed to do that, I'm not. <laughs> at 12, uh, at 12, at 2, <laughs> it's 12 Carat Toothache by Post Malone, uh, which you talked about last week. Yeah. Yes. yes coming in Coming in at three, Harry's House by Harry Styles, which I talked about the week before. Right. Coming in at four, I Never Liked You by Future. <laughs> Still there. And rounding out your top five, Big Morale, or Mr. Morale, <laughs> and the Big Steppers. You are, like, crossing letters, moving My words. eye is going this All way, right. my words are going that way. Because <laughs> Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Which means... Uh, yes. Morgan no, Wallen we, is gone for now. For now. For and now. probably will be because oh, please. we have new releases. Hey, what do we got? If you don't like any of those albums, we have new releases. Including Otherness by Alex is on Fire. One word. One word. You can say it really fast. Alex, Alex is, on, is fire. on Fire. We also have Super Ache by Conan Gray. Drip Field by Goose. Thank you for making me feel dirty. Goose. Uh, Meet the Moonlight by Jack Johnson. Yes. Yes, that Jack, Jack Johnson. Johnson. Dr uh, Drill Music in Zion by Lupe Fiasco. Yes, that yeah. Lupe Fiasco. First uh, Lupe record in a long time, so yeah. good to see him back. We have Muna by Muna, yep. all caps. A.K.A. that band that Phoebe Bridgers did that song with, and it became a TikTok thing. <laughs> so this is TikTok Apple. Uh, not quite. Mm. Mm, not really. All right. Uh, we also have closure slash continuation, all caps, because it's yelling at you, by Porcupine Tree. Mm -hmm. Good uh, band name. <laughs> Very evocative. Yes. 
uh, Home, Before and After by Regina Spector. Yes, that Regina Spector. Yep. Um, all those girls I knew in high school. This is your moment. <laughs> or maybe they're all soccer moms because sometimes, <laughs> comma, forever by Soccer Mommy hey, is also mommy. out there. Soccer Mommy's back. I'll be listening to this. I will talk about it next week. Yeah, you will. Uh, we also have Give Iv. Gov 4. Gov 4 by Young Gov. Young Gov? I don't know who Young Gov is. I don't know, but he's yelling at me. Uh, this is the fourth that. Gov of his. <laughs> uh, and lastly, Archon by Zola Jesus. Yep, and those are new releases. Uh, yep, so Something for everyone? Question mark if you count everyone and not me. So <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> yeah, everyone else. <laughs> All right. Uh, but that's okay because I did listen to something this week. Like we yeah. said, we'll get to Drake. But first, we got to get to the music news. Yeah. And we start with da 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 da. Queen B has made an yes. announcement. The Queen has arrived. Yes. Uh, and just hours after Beyonce announced that her forthcoming six, count them, six solo album, Renaissance, mm-hmm. it will be arriving on July 29th. Variety actually received more information on the release um, from a source familiar with the project. Yeah. The album, Renaissance, will feature both dance and country-leaning tracks, the source says, with contributions from hit songwriters Ryan Tedder of One Republic, I believe? Yeah, yeah, it says that later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is, of One Republic, uh, who co-wrote the 2008 hit Halo, which uh, was by Adele. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Swift. No. <laughs> As well, hey, just read the sentence. Halo, as well as, as, well as <laughs> I am, I am. You cannot read Adele, Taylor Swift, Jonas Brothers, etc., and of course, One Republic, yes. who of his he is a member of. Yep. Um, he also said to be involved is Raphael Sadiq, who has crafted his hits for Mary J. Blige, D'Angelo, Stevie Wonder, The Legend, Comma John, and Andre Day, as well as his own. Excellent solo albums. And executive produced A Seat at the Table, which is Beyonce's sister Solange, widely praised 2016 album. So, a new Beyonce record, and it not being a complete surprise this time. Um, uh, we knew it was coming soon. I mean, this is the one since, uh, since uh, Black Lim- is King. But, well, if, the, if you count that. I think you have to. Lemonade being the, most, the last proper Proper Beyonce solo album. Solo record. Okay. Um, so yeah, Renaissance. Uh, beyond knowing that this will have dance and country in it, uh, who knows? Beyonce is always full of surprises when she does these, and whether or not this will come with a visual component like the self-titled and Lemonade did, mm-hmm. I bet it does. I um, bet it does. So I bet there is some sort of visual component. Also, you may have seen uh, that there is a box set with a bunch of CDs and like collectibles. That's already selling out, so if you want that, you better pick it up quick. Um, so yeah, Beyonce's back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what this thing is. Speaking of things that sold out, um, yeah. the Taylor Hawkins concert that we talked about last yes. week sold out within one hour. Yeah, but a note about that. I don't have it in the news story, but one of the things that's interesting here is they announced what some of the, who some of the guests will be. Yes. And for some reason... People keep inviting Dave Chappelle to things. Dave Sh- and guests start featuring Dave Chappelle specifically to the UK show. I'm just saying that if you want to, you know, especially in Pride Month, if you want to say, we got your backs, 
to all the trans people out there, you don't, you don't invite Dave Chappelle to your gig. You just don't do it. Sorry, uh, the people behind who were made these decisions. I don't know if it's the Foo Fighters themselves. I don't want to throw Dave Grohl under a bus. You can quote me on that. I do not want to throw Dave Grohl under a bus, ever. Mm -hmm. But whoever made this decision, come on, man. Come on, man. That's all I have to say. Come on, man. Do better. Um, But yeah, Beyonce, we we have a date, July 29th. Yep. So we are four, five, six weeks away from new Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. So just a month. You ready? She's a coming. Um, <laughs> people always say when Beyonce is really yeah, smart. Okay, so I'm just going to throw this out there in the ether. I have no idea okay. if this is true, but if I see country and Beyonce on there, I really hope Dolly Parton's somewhere on this. Oh, oh, imagine. Yes. Imagine a Beyonce Dolly duet somewhere on this thing. That's what I'm saying. Oh, please make it happen. Please, someone, make that happen. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, well, speaking of UK, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not really, but yes. Not really, but yes. yes. Uh, but the European Broadcasting Union, the EBU, mm-hmm. which is, of course, as everyone knows here in the United States, is the organization that runs the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> yes. Um, it has confirmed that the competition will not be held in Ukraine next year, despite the Ukraine band Kalush. Uh, Kalush Orchestra winning in 2022. Uh, as Variety predicted last month, Russia's ongoing war in Ukraine means that the country is not in a position to host the contest, which has some of the strictest security protocols of any live event. Such is the scale of the Eurovision Song Contest, which requires an area si- arena-sized venue to be available for uh fortnight of televised uh, dress rehearsals and heats followed by the the finale Mm -hmm. and preparations start a year in advance. We kind of figured it started anywhere between six months in advance, but, you know, a year. So the EBU has said it is in its discussions with the BBC about holding the 2023 competition in the UK. And insiders suspect that the event will be held there and it is likely to take place in Manchester rather than London as part of BBC's effort to um, diversity programming within the country. So, yeah, this is a follow-up to our story about Eurovision a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we had mentioned that it was very unlikely that they would take place in Ukraine, even though Ukraine won. This is just confirming that that's going to be the case. Yep. Having it in the UK is interesting, considering that the UK is not even part of Europe anymore. Right. Or the EU, I guess, to be super specific. So it is funny that they've chosen that as kind of like a refuge for this place. But yeah, this just confirms what we already suspe- like like assumed, which was that the Ukraine, they've got a lot on their plate right now, and it's probably not going to end anytime soon. Obviously, here at the Media mm-hmm. Podcast, you know, our hearts go out to the Ukrainian people, um, and we hope that they stay strong during all this. Who knows what's going to happen in a year's time? So if they got to start now, they don't have time, and they don't have space, and they don't have like... They can't yeah. reserve in the hopes that it'll be available. There's no way of knowing. In, in a year. There's no way of knowing. So this is a good move. And um, sure, Manchester. Why it, not? It, it's a good move, but does it really have to be Manchester? Does it have to be the UK? <laughs> I 
I mean, I get it because BBC and right. broadcasting is huge, not just in the U, but for Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be in Manchester? I mean, it's Eurovision, not UK Vision. Sure. But it's a place everybody knows, and it's easy for everybody to get there. Mm. Maybe that's part of it. I, I wonder know. how much uh, it has to do with uh, production studios available in Manchester, too. To yeah, who knows? If you that. are listening to this and you know more about uh, this than we do, or if you were, say, a listener from uh, the uh, European countries, please uh, chime in, send us an email, mediabookpodcast at gmail.com, and let us know what's going on. We appreciate feedback. Yep. And if you respond to us in our email, we will mm-hmm. respond to you on the podcast. Boom. Speaking right. of responses... Yeah, I guess. I guess. Just a segue. <laughs> Maybe. Honestly, never mind. <laughs> because that's the title of our next album. <laughs> All right, so Drake. We talk a lot about Drake here on the Media Boat Podcast. We talk a lot. in glowing terms. So we talk a lot behind Drake's back on this, mainly <laughs> because Drake turns his back to us. Uh, so recently, uh, last year, right? Last year, he put out... Um, the double album. Yeah. The, um, the, the two-hour album, oh, right? Yes. Uh, something uh, certified lover boy. Certified well, lover. I want to say there was something after certified lover boy. Nah, I don't think so. I think that was the most recent Drake thing. But anyway, regardless, um, Drake seems to oscillate a lot between this idea. Uh, yeah, you're right. You have the baby mama. This idea that he is just a rapper first and foremost, or that he's more of a pop artist playing around with like dance, kind of like dance hall kind of influence, kind of songs and i feel like the best version of drake is when we get a balance between two of those things i still think that his 2011 album take care is the best thing he's done um i think that era between take care and nothing was the same he had a really good balance of those things where he was rapping but he was also making pop songs that charted that were really popular Mm -hmm. and like blew up then i think that all of the talk about drake and who drake is and who drake should be all the extra talk outside of him being a Artist. And I think that really affected how he made music from because from then on, it's like he would choose like he wasn't really sure about what he wanted to be anymore. And so he keeps going back and forth and back and forth and doing albums that respond to the reaction of the last album. That's what I was about to say, is that most of his songs eventually became response songs. <laughs> yes. So here we are. Which um, is just a great category in its own response right. songs. <laughs> here we are this week, uh, the day of the NBA Finals. Drake puts on social media that, hey, I'm going to put out an album tonight at midnight. Big surprise release. And here it is. It's called Honestly Nevermind. And that album, a name, is about how I feel about this record. <laughs> so you're down on this one. So, yeah. So uh, okay, before so I listened to it, I had heard, okay, so. You had heard Drake's. It's no- not rapping, Drake. It is mostly. Producing. And I say mostly. It is mostly uh, dance, da- like dance hall Drake. It's, it's the DJ Drake. Drake. So going into that, I was like, okay, awesome. I like pop Drake more. It's mm-hmm. like when I was talking about Post Malone last week, I even said Post Malone and Drake have that in common. They're best when they're making a pop song. But this is not pop Drake, really. This is you are driving down PCH Drake. This is like, there are dance songs, like objectively, mm-hmm. but they're... Like slowed, like slowed down, chill dance songs. They're not hyped up in the club dance songs. They are like, all right, okay. I'm kind of gyrating to this. I'm I'm digging the groove a little bit. This is Drake who got so caught up in producing yeah. that he forgot to actually rap on it. 
Yeah, so... Leave a lot of chunks in here where it's just the beat going on. Right. Or it's just the yeah. loop going on. So two thi- two uh, points of reference came to me while I was listening to this. First, and the ob- probably the most obvious thing that a lot of people are going to think of, oh, is this Drake's 808s and Heartbreak? Because in a similar way to Kanye in that era, it was just like, let's just make a dance, like a, like a dance-inspired record that's kind of sad, kind of chill, and that has a lot of, like you said, extended beat breaks. Uh, first off, keep, keep 808s uh, <laughs> and Heartbreak away from Drake. Hold on, you don't like 808s? Oh, no, I say keep it away from it's too good for him. It's too good for Drake. Keep it away from him. <laughs> wow, okay. But the other thing I thought of is that it does kind of recall... What Post Malone has been doing lately, yep. uh, very like like the pop songs like circles where it's like yeah, there's a groove to it, and it's kind of like a like a slick, slow kind of kind of vibe, but still a vibe. And so for the first three or four tracks of this, I was digging it. I was like, all right, I'm okay with this. I don't hate it. Like it's all right. But then it just kept going, and it just kept going, and it goes. Like it's not a double album like uh, the last one was. Wait, so did you even get to like sticky? I got, no, I listened to the whole thing. Okay. I listened to the whole thing. I didn't bail, but I just got worn out Okay. by it. I was just like, all right, it's it's kind of doing the same thing a lot over well, and over again. Uh, what was it the third song on there? It's like five, seven minutes. So. Yeah, yeah. See what I mean? It's like, yeah. there are two songs that are over five minutes on the, three songs that are over five minutes on this runtime. Right. Um, and you can feel that. It's very, it takes some time. And I could understand, like, again, if you, like, need something to chill out to, like a driving record, maybe this works for you. But for me, I was, I think I wanted something to get me a little bit more excited. And so I kind of just fell asleep to this thing. Until all of a sudden he starts rapping and 21 Savage shows up at the end. <laughs> and I was like, ah! I was going to say, is, is this uh, music for a sushi restaurant? Harry <laughs> <laughs> yes, Styles loves this shit. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I go back and forth about Drake as a person and an artist, and I have since Take Care. And I think right now, just he just hasn't done anything that's really gotten me going, like in a long, long, long time. And this also doesn't do it. Well, this isn't going to get me onto the train of Drake. Mm. But I did actually like it. As I texted you, it's yeah, it's EDM. It's not, though. I, see, I want to put It's electronic Drake music. All Drake music is electronic. You can't say that. Yeah. I feel like there's maybe a little bit of an inspiration there, but no, that's not what this is. This that's, is dance music, but it's in the tradition of like dance hall. Yeah, but that's what it felt like. It felt like 2012 again, where every yeah. track on it had, was like DJ inspired, was a remix of something. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. It was like 2010, 2012 music, like like you said, Euro pop dance halls. Yeah, I saw a lot of people dropping the house music yeah. comparison. And there is, again, a house influence here. But the thing that keeps it from being those things for me is that, that energy. The energy, the hard it's drop. It's so chill. The, yeah, exactly. the wind does the bass drop. I'm not saying that all house does that. That's more of a dubstep thing. But, yeah. And again, if you are an expert in dance music, please email us and tell us where we're wrong here. Mark, I know you're listening. Exactly, yeah, where's Mark? <laughs> uh, but what I can say is, is that it just seemed a little chill. For that comparison for me okay. so the influences are there but i think he's just like this is just too calm and relaxed which is fine if people are looking for that this delivers that it's a vibe it's a definitely a vibe it reminded this, this me is how i felt real quick right how i felt about um what was the the most recent uh casey musgraves record uh star crossed 
Starcross. Starcross. That's it reminds me of how I came out of Starcross where I was like, I guess it was good, but it was kind of less songs and more like vibes. Okay. This is vibes. I will say that this is Drake playing to his audience, which is the high school, college age, and this is what you just put on in the background <laughs> as the party's going. I guess so, yeah. Real chill party though. A kickback. Well, so it's the album you start with. Sure. I guess so. No one's doing kickback. tequila shots to this one. No, no one does tequila like tequila does. <laughs> like Miranda does. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I'm confused now. We need to move on. Yes. Anyways, Drake, I didn't care for it, but you you, you vibed. I vibed with it. I, I vibed pretty good with it. It's not going to appear on one of my top fives at the end no, of the year. No, But definitely right. one of the better Drake songs that I've actually listened to in full and completed and didn't actually hate it by the end. Sure. Move on. All right, so let's move on. To, biggest section of the week. Yeah, the biggest section of the week. The, the uh, says E three week slash key three slash summer games fest slash summer game mess. Yep, what um, do you want to call it? it? It's continuing, and as we move into video games, we have new releases, yes. including Fall Guys. Yeah, I know what you're thinking that's been out. That's been out, but but not for the PS five, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and the Switch. If basically, yeah, yeah. If, if it wasn't on uh, before, it was released for PS4 for download for PS Plus and PC, and then PC. Um, but this is everything else. This is the full release now. Also important to note: Fall Guys is free to play now on everything, so uh, you can just download this thing. Also, um, just quick side note: they've reset their seasons. They're back to season one. Hey. So everything that you thought they were doing with their seasons. Nope, gone. They, they reverted back to season one. So if you needed a blank slate to start on, here you go. Yep. Uh, we also have Shadowrun Trilogy for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and the Switch. Everything yep. but the PC. This is the whole trilogy of Shadowrun. Yeah, the rebooted Shadowrun. So, uh, yeah. There's also Deliver Us the Moon uh, on the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Yep. Or you can just watch this bit will be. <laughs> we also have Naraka... Colon, Blade Point on the Xbox Series X. Yep. Sonic Origins, out for everything. You want those old school Sonic games? Here you go. Uh, speaking of old school games, yep. Capcom Fighting Collection for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. A lot of fighting games on this thing. If you want the entire Darkstalkers series, you can play it here. And all of Street Fighter. And from what I understand, the netcode is the good stuff. It's the rollback. So... Mm-hmm. If you want online play for Street Fighter 2, 3, you name it, this is the thing to get. And lastly, in new releases, Fire Emblem Warriors, yes. colon, three hopes for the Switch. Yeah, this is yet another Fire Emblem's, uh, Fire Emblem uh, Musou, you know, Dynasty Warriors game. Oh, so, the Dynasty Warriors. Yep, they're ready to do Hammer X a lot. <laughs> pound, 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 pound. Okay, let's get into our yes. first showcase. Yes. The big one, we teased it last week. Um, so if you're wondering where we're talking about Sony and Nintendo, that is last week's Me. podcast. Today, Xbox decided to be a dick about it and <laughs> have their showcase on Sunday. So that's why we reported on last week. But hey, Xbox and Bethesda. Yeah. Overall, before we get into it, it was, all right show. It was pretty good. It was okay. I think they hit what they needed to hit because everything that they listed is coming out within the next 12 months. Yes. At least that's what they say. Except for a couple things, and I will mention those caveats in a bit. But yeah, most of this, though, they have a calendar for, and they're going to 
release them in the next 12 months. Additionally, all these games are on Game Pass, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and that's the big thing, is that everything was on Game Pass, yeah. exclusive to Xbox on Game Pass. I've been doing so. that for the last few years, and it's always great. Like, it's always a good, like, it makes you feel good about being a Game Pass subscriber, because it's like, okay, I'm just going to get all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, compared to, like, PlayStation, which we'll get to later. <laughs> yeah, we'll that's talk our about thoughts. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, first up, we had, uh, I don't think this is actually in order. It's not, it's kind of mixed. It's kind of mixed, yeah. So, um... Jumbled up news. Yeah. We have new footage of Redfall. Yeah. Uh, which is the Borderlands inspired zombie game. I'd see more Left for Dead Left for Dead. in there. But yes, it is a co-op zombie fighter that, or zombie shooter that just got a was one of the delays alongside Starfield into next year. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Arcane Austin, so you get a lot of the prey. And uh, Dishonored developers working That's on this. That's what it is, Dishonored. And uh, yeah, uh, it looks like it's trying really hard to have a personality. It's trying to have a lot of quips being said by your players mm-hmm. during the zombie fighting. It looks like well, a lot cause of... Because that's, that's why I said Borderlands. That's what yeah. it reminded me of. Well, but, yeah. also, but also the different classes and like, mm-hmm. uh, and they're upgrade leaning mechanics. Into, and they're leaning into like co-op attacks. Uh, so that way you're like, oh, I'm going to do this thing that helps with this character's move. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of working together to defeat zombie hordes. Could be neat. I don't know if the vibe, if the personality is really working for me. I thought it was really talky and loud. Also, not sure if it's actually zombie hordes, because um, it could be vampire hordes. Oh, sorry, yes, vampires. That's right. This yes. is a vampire thing. Yeah, because this one said in Northeast, uh, not Salem, yes, but Redfall. Right. Even though they're clearly inspired by, by Salem. Salem, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. So new footage was shown. I believe that's coming out later this month, right? No, that's next year. Uh, that's Redfall next year. got delayed just uh, like Starfield did into next year. So yep. we we're going to see this for a while. Okay, but we had a new footage show. Yeah. Um, other news. Uh, Riot partners yeah. with Xbox to bring League of Legends and its other series of League of Legends inspired based yeah. games to Game Pass with all characters included. Yeah, this all is a unlocks. big um, deal. This is a huge deal. Yeah, because uh, League of Legends has a Huge roster. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Did, did, did I emphasize that enough? Because huge. Yeah. Hundreds, hundred plus at least characters you can play. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, League of Legends and most of these games are free to play typically. So, this is not like this is not a brand new play, way to play if you already play those things. Mm-hmm. However, they're trying to incentivize people to sign up for Game Pass by just not having to nickel and dime you with all the character purchases and just saying, hey, if you want everything, come here, play it here play it through Xbox Game Pass or PC Game Pass. So I think this is going to open the door to League of Legends to a lot of people who haven't played it. Uh, real quick before we move on, this is an interesting move considering data that they have about Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to numbers that they put out this week, four out of five of the people who are playing Fortnite on an Xbox console are new accounts that have never played, hmm. or Xbox or PC Game Pass, have never played or Fortnite. Fortnite before. So what they're found found out is, is that they offer it through their uh, portal. Mm-hmm. They're getting new people, not people from who are already in the Xbox inter- like ecosystem. So they're offering games that entice people to join Game Pass is what this is. Mm-hmm. And this is the perfect next step. It's smart if you want to expand Game Pass. I just wonder how they're how could they be making money off Game Pass? That's with all the their deals they've mystery made. Of That's the mystery. All of this for sure. It's gotta. It, there's gotta be some secret sauce to it for the developers to want to do it, right? Right. 
So I don't know, and they're not really because if us. it's free on Game Pass, you're not getting the money from the sales. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's magic. It's a mystery, and maybe someday Xbox will tell us. Maybe they're just like, oh yeah, we were taking a loss for ten plus years. We never <laughs> turned a profit on this. I believe that, but honestly. people were on us, and it made that. everyone jealous. <laughs> Um, anyways, speaking of, moving on. Yeah. There's no segue here, because yeah. we have new footage for A Plague Tale, colon, Requiem. Hey, you like rats? Um, depends on the rat. Okay. Well, I like do cheese. Like, do you like a lot of rats swarming around you? <laughs> do you like using rats as weapons? <laughs> well, then you'll love A Plague Tale, colon, Requiem. It's a sequel to A Plague Tale, uh, what was the first game? It's name. I thought it was just A Plague Tale. Uh, Plague Tale something. I don't remember. Anyway, it's not important. Uh, so yeah, this is a sequel Innocence. to that. Innocence. And yeah, so uh, it's there if you want it. Rats, if you like rats. It's got it. Mm-hmm. Like a first question on Google, is a Plague Tale Innocence scary? I would say yes from yes. the footage I've seen. Yep. So um, there you go. Uh, speaking of new footage, yep. tech demos out, Forza Motorsport, <laughs> new footage, looks good. Although I do question how much of the actual like other stuff you're actually paying attention to <laughs> yes when you're question. riding around in your car yeah like, like you're not gonna like drive by the waterfall and then stop and be like oh wow look at, look at that water look yeah. at those water physics oh wait i'm in the middle of a race bye yeah uh they talked a lot about the fidelity of this game i mean forza the main forza series has always been about like we made the most realistic cars and racetracks ever. They're really leaning into that this mm-hmm. time around. They said there will be real-time day, time-of-day stuff happening, so you'll watch the sun go down as you drive, which is pretty cool, and that will actually affect the also real-time ray tracing that's mm-hmm. happening during the game. That was a big deal that they've tried to pick push. Uh, looks like there's been a little bit of pushback from people on the internet saying, hey, but in this footage of the actual race footage, I can't see ray tracing, ray tracing happening. And they're being very, like, like pushy about it. Be like, no, it's there. It's there. Trust us. We're doing it. So we'll It's see. there, even though you're looking through, like, a keyhole yeah. or a windshield. It's the same people it's... who complain about these puddles in Spider-Man. Just these idiots who are just trying to be like, well, yo, you said it was this and it's not. It's not. I found it. It's not. Shut up, people. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. You, you can complain or, you know, you can, like, Get in there with them and fix it. Yeah. So yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, um, it's it's Forza. It looks like just racing realistic cars and realistic uh, uh, courses, which is exactly what you want from that game. So hey, mm-hmm. looks good. Uh, and then we uh, found out where Microsoft actually makes all its money. <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator. Hey, getting a 40th anniversary yeah. edition, um, and being. Paired off with Halo. You get some Halo ships in there. Yeah, you get that Halo ship uh, from Infinite, um, and you can fly that around. Some Most of the stuff they show is just like, hey, you like Flight Simulator, here's more Flight Simulator. They also just patched it to have um, rebuilt uh, U.S. airports. So if you want to look at a really, really, really realistic version of your local airport, now you can in Flight Simulator. Does LAX still have it under construction? I'd probably, <laughs> yeah, that's how realistic it is. It's constantly under construction, just like the real thing. LaGuardia under construction. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the flight simulator still looks good. Every time they show footage of that game, I'm like, I can't believe this is a video game. Fly into Dallas-Fort Worth and put you at the wrong terminal. (laughs) (laughs) Can you see the little little train running around? It's like, oh shit, I missed it. 
gonna miss the gate. Oh no, I gotta wait another 10 minutes. <laughs> um, but that's not all. They kept announcing stuff, including Aura colon History Untold, which was announced. <laughs> um, also, Hot Wheels. Yeah. Coming to Forza Horizon 5. Just real quick, uh, Aura looks like a civilization thing. That's what I thought that was. Yeah, it looks like civilization to me. But yeah, Hot Wheels uh, with big with big classic orange um, track tracks and loop-de-loops yep. and fun boosters. I thought it was just going to be straight up Hot Wheels. They're like, no, no this is Forza Hot Wheels. They just put out a Hot Wheels game last year. That's why I thought it was like, oh, they're just featuring combined. No, I could tell it was Forza because the cars looked too good. But yeah, uh, Forza Horizon 5 is getting Hot Wheels. Uh, we also have new content in Minecraft called Minecraft's Minecraft Legends. It's not new content for Minecraft. It's an additional it's a spin-off series. strategy game. Oh, it's, it's its a... own product. A lot of people why do they were do saying, this? "Yeah, why do they do why, this?" Why do they do this? Uh, it's a lot of people were saying it looked like um, Brutal Legend. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, bring that back. No one's asking for Brutal Legend again. No one is, no. except for Jack Black. <laughs> uh. We also have As Dusk Falls, which is coming to Game Pass. I have to be honest, when I was typing this, I do not remember what As Dusk Falls was. We do not have time to look it up. But I was just like, what, is, what was this one? I don't remember. Oh, this one. Okay. Oh, yes. The, this is the one that's like a real, like a, a realistic, but painting. Painted, like, like adventure Like, choose your adventure. Yeah. It looks like a Life is Strange, except like the, the, the graphics are all... Some are like very watercolored. Yeah, it's very like you're looking at still paintings, kind of as the characters talk and stuff. I don't like the look at this at all. Like a uh, look at this at all. Is that because it reaches into the, the uncanny valley? Yeah, it's too creepy looking, and I don't like that when they're talking. They don't move. Like, yeah, I and only move it sometimes. It becomes a Nintendo game at that point. No, <laughs> I just don't <laughs> like the look of it. I think there's a way to do this where it looks cool, but this is not how to do it. Anyway. Anyway, it's, it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, though. We also have uh, Pentiment, which was announced by Obsidian. Yeah, this Another is... Another one of those. So I've heard this described as a, uh adventure game a la uh, 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 Disco Elysium, where there's a lot of decision-making and like deep character growth. Except it looks like a, a medieval illuminated manuscript. Oh, is that this one? Yeah, that's this thing. That's the gimmick of this game. It looks like a medieval. But it's like a text-based game. Though. It looks like an illuminated manuscript yeah. from medieval times. And if that works for you, if you're like a history nerd, then this is pretty cool, probably to you. Again, not a thing that works for me aesthetically. Mm. But it looks funny, and it looks like the writing is probably pretty good. And Obsidian is known for writing. So, so every now and then, a game comes out where you know it's made for someone. Yeah. Not for us. Not for us, but, but definitely someone else. There, there is a guy who is like in grad school for medieval studies who is going to eat this thing up. Yep. So, congratulations to you. Congratulations. This game's made for you. Yes. Um, speaking of stuff that's not made for us, <laughs> Diablo 4, coming to Game Pass. Whenever releases next, next year. year. This is actually going to be interesting. I saw, they showed a lot more of Diablo 4 than we'd ever seen. It, um, <laughs> this thing. And maybe want to actually play it. Yeah. yeah the, ne- the Necromancer and class. They, they were selling it pretty well. Yeah. They were selling like couch co-op and online co-op and all the like post-game content. and Everything that they need to do to sell this game, they actually hit. I think that if you are excited for a new Diablo, skip the mobile game and just wait for this is the mm-hmm. vibe I get. Because it seems like they're putting a lot of hard work this could be the thing that makes Bill Blizzard bounce back. And the fact that people can play it on Game Pass is even better. Yep. So that's pretty cool. This was a good get. Yep, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, 
We also have Grounded, which if that came out, nope, that was in beta. Yes. Grounded gets a full release in September. Yeah, it was what Microsoft referred to as their game preview, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically early access. Uh, and Grounded is the backyard. Yes. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is co-op game. Co-op, yep. yes. Also by Obsidian. They're busy these days. Yeah, they are. Uh, we also They also announced that Persona 3, 4, and 5 are coming to Game Pass and PC. Big deal. Atlas had previously only released these on PlayStation platforms. So it's cool to, and PC, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see all three of these games coming to Xbox and on Game Pass. Um, specifically, they are the re-releases of all three of these. So typically with the Persona games, they do an original release and they do like a full like deluxe package. So it's Persona 3 Portable, named mm-hmm. so because the extended release was released for the PSP, PSP. back in the day. Four uh, Golden and five Royal. Royal. Mm-hmm. So it's those versions specifically. People are saying that this might lead to a Switch release of these games as well. A lot of people crossing their fingers for Switch releases. Maybe we'll see in the Nintendo Direct that may or may not happen at the end of the month. You can uncross them because they are going to be Switch releases. You can probably <laughs> bet they're going to be uh, cloud-based. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Cloud-based uh, games on the Switch. Maybe. All right. Um, they also announced Arc 2, or showed a new trailer for Arc 2. It's got Vin Diesel in it still. As the dinosaur? On the dinosaur. On the dinosaur. As the dinosaur. <laughs> Writing a dinosaur. <laughs> Write that fan fiction. Yep. Um, also, High on Life was announced by Justin Roiland. Uh, and it definitely sounds like a Justin Roiland game. Guns are talking to you. Good lord, this seems obnoxious. Like, if you... If, like, regardless of how you feel about Rick and Morty and Justin's voice, um, this just seems like the most obnoxious shooter I've ever seen. So, if you play a shooter... And you can't stand it when, like, the characters won't shut up. Imagine if your gun won't shut up. Won't shut up. And it's looking straight at you. <laughs> it just seems like the worst idea in the world. I don't want anything to do with this. Well, you can play it if you're high on life. <laughs> Among other things. Among other things. Among <laughs> other things, and that wasn't announced. Gunfire Reborn, coming to Game Pass. You ever played Gunfire? You seem like somebody who probably played Gunfire once. I didn't play Gunfire. No, okay. Nope. I guess it's like a popular like online thing. And yeah, yeah it's getting a version for console and PC. Uh, we also have Araban, colon, Shadow Legacy, which was announced. I don't remember what this is either. <laughs> they announced a, <laughs> a lot, lot of things. shit within this thing. And also, there's some terrible... I remember when I was watching this, Chris, Christy was on the, the couch with me while we were watching this thing. And every time one of these games got like came out, I was like, "That's a bad name." Yeah, I said that about Arabin Shadow Legacy. I said that about like about Raven Lock. I said that about Flint Lock. I'm like, yeah. "What are these names? These are all bad." I don't remember what any of these games are. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like uh, like Ninja Stealth Action Ninja stuff with a with a robot with robots. Yeah, or something. I don't know. All this stuff really just blended together for me. I, I, as we said, it's out there for someone. Somewhere. Uh, yeah. Also announced Ravenlock is yeah. and Flintlock. Two completely <laughs> separate games. Two different games. Uh, that is also Flintlock colon The Siege of Dawn. Bad name, I'm telling you. These are bad names. What do they mean? Nothing. Uh, um, we also But have... then the two big ones. The two big ones? Yeah. These are the two big ones, I thought. Uh, I mean, Sure. Yeah, for a lot of people. Maybe not you. Maybe not me. Well, Hideo Kojima. Hey, Metal Gear guy. Of Kojima Productions now. Has announced a cloud-powered project with Xbox. But that's all he did. He just announced it. He said, coming. Yeah. 
Uh, like game in the works. So this, of course, follows uh, Death, Death Stranding. Stranding, which was the most recent Kojima Productions product. That was a Sony deal. Sony yep. co-financed that. This is basically him saying, hey, now I'm going to work with Microsoft and see what uh, Xbox is going to give me and allow me to do. He said in his little statement that this is the game he's always wanted to make, that this is a dream project for him. And he did confirm that it will use the cloud technology in some way to create the game. Now, note, this is not does not mean that it's going to be a streaming game or anything like that. When he says cloud technology, he means like the way that Flight Simulator uses it, which is downloading information from the internet to help the game be built. It's what they were talking about pre-release for Crackdown 3 that didn't actually happen. Okay. Uh, but the fact that they made Flight Simulator means that this works, and who knows what that means for whatever Kojima's working on. I like he's such a fascinating guy and he makes weird ass games and even though I didn't care for what Death Stranding was I think that this could be interesting so he says that it's a game that he's always dreamed of making yeah. but just keep a note nightmares are also dreams <laughs> that's true that is true keep that in mind and look at Death Stranding for all your nightmares <laughs> <laughs> they're all there and lastly the game they said yes. literally for the end yes. that um, everyone got super excited about. Yeah. And then the internet reminded this game already exists. Well, no, not really. We'll get there. We'll talk about it. No Man's Skyrim. No. For the game has been shown. No. So. Right, Eve Online has no, been shown. Starfield. So All let's right. talk about what Starfield is because I think the problem when you release a game or when you we announce, announce a, game, a game way before its release and you show very little is that people start creating that game in their head, yep. and when you finally show it, some of those people are going to be disappointed that it's not this big, amazing, groundbreaking thing. However, some people, like me, were realistic about this thing from the top. I thought, okay, sci-fi game made by Bethesda, it's going to be a Fallout. Fallout slash Skyrim or Elder Scrolls style game in a sci-fi setting. So when they showed what Starfield actually was... I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You have to taper your expectations. Of course, that's not You're to say... You're it to the studio, right. though. But that's not to say that this doesn't look good. I mean, if you like Fallout or Skyrim, I think you should be very excited for what they showed. Mm-hmm. They showed a game that plays like those games, but in a completely new setting, with completely new uh, game mechanics. You can f- build a ship and fly it in space. There's dogfighting happening. Sure, this, versions of this have happened in other games. You mentioned specifically No Man's Sky and, and Eve. Online. But this does it on, with, a, with the level of quality of writing and storytelling that Bethesda games do. You're getting both and RPG-style growth that you're not getting in those games either. And on top of that, you get that kind of sense of humor that you don't get in those games that Bethesda games specialize in. So, I don't know why people are being so harsh on this game. Starfield looks like exactly what they said it was going to be, and exactly what it should be, right? Mm-hmm. It's Bethesda making a sci-fi game like the games that they've released before. What's the problem? The problem is that what new does it bring to the table if the elements of these games exist and stuff outside of Bethesda games? Sometimes the sum of the parts can be greater than the whole, right? And I think that's what they're going for. I think if you look at Outer Worlds, which was Obsidian's try on this kind mm-hmm. of vibe, it's basically trying to do what Outer Worlds did, but like blow it up into like the full-featured Bethesda experience you expect from Bethesda. One of the things that a lot of people said when Outer Worlds came out is like, oh, yeah, this is a cool idea. It's kind of over pretty quick. 
and it doesn't have enough of what I want from like one of these games. This solves that problem. In No Man's Sky, yes, there's a lot of freedom there with how many planets that you can go to, and the fact that there's seamless transition from space to planet, which is something that they've said explicitly this game will not do. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that, like, but also, you get that because it's not as big and elaborate as a Fallout game. You, it, there's so much uh, cut you mean from the because sides. you're limiting to 1,000 planets <laughs> and not 1 million but planets? A, what I'm saying is No Man's Sky does a very specific thing because they want it to be a, a very right, specific Right, it's procedural thing. generated. Right. And this is not that. They're actually, they are using some procedural stuff, but mostly these are handmade planets. Sir, most of them won't have anything on them. But the things that do are going to be curated to have story stuff in them and things to do. This is not No Man's Sky is like highfalutin, like, oh, I guess I found a planet that's just this one kind of animal. Oh, shoot, who would have guessed I found this? It's a different philosophy. And so I feel like comparing the two is missing the point of what Starfield's trying to do. This is Fallout in space. And it's always been Fallout in space. Yeah, but remember the last Fallout game that got released? 70, Fallout 76? 76, though. They've said that 76 is its own thing, just like Elder Scrolls Online is its own oh, thing. Oh, not mentioned here, but they did say they were doing new content yeah. for 76. I cut a few things out of this yeah. that didn't matter. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I just, the internet is harsh on a lot of things, but this time I'm like, they gave you a thing that you wanted forever and you're still mad, is how I feel about this. It's like... This will come out and people will love it, and I think that this conversation will be over. I think that people just had an idea in their head that this was going to be the most mind-blowing thing they've ever seen, and it's not that. And I, and I think that that's ultimately on the fans. That's not on Bethesda. Well, you're trying to satisfy several different people of groups. You can't satisfy everyone. No. And I think, but what I'm saying is I think that the people who are complaining about this are the people that this will satisfy. I think they will mm -hmm. love this. They're just... Mad that it's not this game they created in their mind. And if you want to create the game in your mind, you can go to uh, <laughs> yeah. tech school and create yourself. Right, exactly, exactly. That's our message. Game development this game. school. This this episode of the Media Book Podcast. Make your own game, damn it. If you're complaining, go make yeah. it yourself. <laughs> go do it. Game making is hard work. Go try it out. Yeah. Anyways, I I think Starfield looks okay, and the fact that it's uh, a Game Pass game. Is probably the only thing that'll get me to play it because I'm just not that person I was in 2008, mm -hmm. where I can dedicate like. A lot of time to Fallout 3. I'm not that person anymore. But this will be great for the people who are, like, say, in college and have a lot of free time. And they will love this. So, mm -hmm. good for you. That's what I'll say to that person. All right. How many dick ships are going to be flying around? So many dick ships. So many dick ships. So many dick ships. It's the first thing anyone's going to make. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. We talked a lot about uh, Xbox and Bethesda, but they weren't the only ones that no. had announcements this week. Making some waves. Yeah. Um, we have some gaming bits to get to. Yeah, just a few. Just a few. Uh, starting with Dragon's Dogma 2, yeah. which was announced. Sequel to Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, people have been waiting for that one. Speaking of things people have been waiting for, Overwatch 2 yes. officially coming this October. Uh, it will be free to play. Yeah. And PvE will launch... Later. I mentioned that specifically because they were originally pitching Overwatch 2 as a PvE game with Overwatch on top of it. They've completely backpedaled on that. Yep. They're really pitching it now as Overwatch 2, like a sequel to Overwatch, a multiplayer-focused game. All of the marketing seems to be focused on that, and that's what we'll get in October. 
They are not making you pay for it this time, which is a neat idea. It will be on Game Pass. They've confirmed. Mm-hmm. They've, they have confirmed that. Wouldn't be surprised. This also shows up on the extra tier of uh, PlayStation Plus. Uh, but yeah, um, it's Overwatch uh, with some refined parts of it, and we will get most of it in October. But yeah, unfortunately, the PVE stuff, which was the thing that I thought was interesting as somebody who gets their ass kicked online, mm-hmm. is not going to launch until possibly 2023, which kind of sucks. So kind of disappointed in that. But lastly, it was the 25th, 30th, 35th, 40th. <laughs> How many releases have they had of Final Fantasy VII? 25th anniversary, at least, uh, of Final Fantasy VII. I just need to make sure how old I am. Right, yeah. Yes. Countdown right. from 1997. Yep. So Final Fantasy VII has 25th anniversary. Yes. And it was solely dedicated to Final Fantasy VII-related content. Yeah. Including... But not limited to the announcements of Crisis Core, colon, Final Fantasy VII, Reunion. Uh-huh. That is a remake of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, which was a PSP game. Yep. Originally. Did you, did you ever play Crisis Core? No. Okay. Uh, I didn't play anything outside of the main series. Ah. Uh. Um, as well as Final Fantasy VII, colon, Rebirth. Yes. Which is, in fact, episode... Two yes. of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes, part so, two of that. So we get Remake, Rebirth, and then a confirmed, mm-hmm. but not yet revealed, title for Episode 3. Which they confirmed would be only three episodes, or three yeah. iterations. It'll be a trilogy of things. Yes, so we have Remake, Rebirth, Recoded. <laughs> They can't. You already use that. Reverse rebirth. <laughs> reverse reverse. Um, nah, I don't know. Remind. Yeah. No, they did that one already too. What do they got left? I don't know. They've used all the rewords. Reloaded. Reloaded. <laughs> Revolutions. <laughs> uh, who knows what it's going to be? Redemption. But, but are you excited for part two of that game? Uh, yes. You had a lot of fun with uh, remake. I had a lot of fun with remake. Um, I did think that the. Two big areas that you got to explore, while big, did limit you to essentially two big areas followed by more or less just um, walking or, or <laughs> pl- platforming. Sure, side scrolling, not, not side scrolling, platforming. Wandering around. Well, no, it's not open world though. It's just like here's your path, follow it. Yeah. But that's kind of where the original Final Fantasy yeah, VII game differs. That's is that yeah. there's a there's a clear cut point break from the stuff that happens in Midgar to everything that happens outside of Midgar. And we should mention that um, <laughs> if you didn't play the first one, absolutely play the first one before this one because you were going to be so thrown off from what I understand about how this game how that game ended. Uh, yeah. If you don't know anything yeah. about like the twists and the storytelling for this thing, yeah. you're still gonna be confused. It's like right. what? But then you'll be like all in shock and awe because this kind of storytelling, as we said, was told 25 years ago. Kind of, but more or less. Yeah, there's some things that differ. Yeah, from what I understand, there's stuff that gets more fleshed out, more filled out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, twisted at the end. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but cool to know, and that's next winter that that'll come out. So 2023, end of the year, expect uh, part two. 
Uh, so holiday 2023. There you go. You got your, your game. There's, there's my Christmas, Christmas list. Uh, figured out already. Yep. Cool. Um, still no word of when God of War Ragnarok will be coming out this Christmas, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, See. That was another thing that happened online of people, <laughs> which I think we talked about last week, of people saying yeah. that it's going to get delayed, and then people from inside saying, like, no. no one said it's going to be delayed. But there's still no announcement of when it's going to be released. It's really leaving us leaving us hanging uh, there. But we will see soon. We will see very soon. All right. Okay. So, let's get to some video game thoughts then. Yeah. First, I'll just do a quick follow-up from last week. I mentioned that after the show, I was going to get my hands on the Saints Row Boss Factory, which was the character creator demo that they launched uh, as a pre-order incentive for Saints Row which comes out in August, the reboot of the Saints Row franchise. It's just the character creator, and I just want to say that, yeah, there's just the character creator in here. There's no even, like, little mode to run around with the person you create and try them out. Nothing like that. It's just the character creator. You will be able to import your character that you make into the game proper when it comes out in August. So, uh, yeah, a lot of full features there. You can even open up your character's mouth and change how their teeth looks. (laughs) There's some really wild options. Is it as in-depth as some character creators out there? No, but it's in-depth enough that it gives you a lot of flexibility. And a lot of clothing options, more clothing options than I thought would be included in this. So, hey, if you like Saints Row's uh, character creator, give this a shot. It's free. How's it compared to, like, Bethesda's character creator? More, it's more involved than the Bethesda one. Probably less involved than, like, Cyberpunk's. Okay. Is where I'll put it. I'll put it in between those two things. All right. Yeah, neat. Neat, though. And uh, a lot of cool stuff you can do. Yep. Um, as part of the PlayStation Plus Essentials now, because things changed yes. over the past week, um, God of War became available. Same with uh, Naruto vs. Boruto. Shippuden Strikers, I think it's what it's called. Yeah, those are the two games that exist. Yep. <laughs> as well as... <laughs> Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Yeah! I got my chance to play that for a little bit. And I think that's all I'm going to play with it because this is very much... uh, Yeah. It's Super Smash Brothers. Super Super Smash Brothers. But I think it's more inspired by PlayStation's All-Star game because your buttons and how much combinations you can do with it is still very limited. Um, uh, Unlike Uh. Smash Brothers where I'm able to string combos together Mm. and power-ups. I think what you're saying is that it doesn't play as well. It doesn't play as well. <laughs> Especially with Cat Dog. Especially as, with Cat as Dog. As you noticed. <laughs> as I watched you play something. Yeah, I watched you play Struggled with it. It seems like, you know, for people who don't have um, an affection for Super Smash Brothers and want to see Nickelodeon characters uh, go at it, uh, then yeah, sure. Uh, this seems serviceable and it seems okay. But you're right. It seems like no one is Nintendo and no one can get it mm-hmm. quite to the level of quality that a Super Smash Brothers can. And so this is just like always going to be kind of a B tier version of the same thing. But it's free if you're a PlayStation Essentials person. Yeah, it's free. It's um, free. If okay, so that does beg the question then: is that is there anything out there that could take on Smash Brothers so, style? It's only been in preview so far, but the Warner one, Multiverses, is getting a little bit better press early. Okay. It's saying it seems like people think that this that feels better than Nickelodeon's game, and also, but it uh, and it seems to be marketed in a way where Warner wants to push it into like 
fighting game tournaments like Smash. Well, they want Multiverse it to be... also has right. the, the... It's team-based. It is team-based. And so, so that yeah. adds a layer of strategy that maybe Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl doesn't have. Um, so yeah, I'd say we'll wait for Multiverses to come out and see if that's the game we think this should have been. Because it could very well be. It could be a better version of the same idea. When I come out with like a Marvel Brawl... I mean, there's or been Marvel fighting Fire. games before. Yeah, but that's like 2D fighting games. Yeah, it's like more Marvel like Street Street Fighter, Com, yeah. or Street Fighter. Yeah, it's not Capcom versus not Marvel. a Super Smash Brothers esque thing. No, I want like a Super Smash Brothers esque yeah. Marvel game. Well, I don't know. Maybe someday you'll get DC heroes and multiverses. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get Batman and Superman. Yeah, and I think Wonder Harley Woman? Quinn. Wonder Woman's in there, right? Is she? I think Wonder Woman's okay. in there. Yeah, that's like yeah. half the roster there. Right. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe someday, uh, I guess Disney would have to do that. Yes. Yeah, but they're never going to have Mickey slap Minnie. <laughs> no, I don't mean like the entire day Disney. That, they should do this, though. They should absolutely <laughs> do that. They should do, like, I want Mickey versus... Donald and... Wolverine, Wolverine. And versus... Kermit the Frog. Kermit, yeah, <laughs> let's do this. No, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please. Please. Anyway, let's move on. Versus uh, uh, Nat Geo Cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing we should talk about, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on this because it's not a game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, PlayStation Plus, as you mentioned briefly, uh, they launched their new tier system in the U.S. this week. Yep. So you can now pay extra money to join either the extra or the premium tiers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why you would ever do premium. Is kind of my takeaway of looking at what the comparison is. Seems like, so what extra and premium get you that Essentials doesn't is the what they call the PlayStation Game Library, which is their version of Game Pass. This includes a lot of recent PS4 and PS5 games, as well as access to classics, which is basically anything that is PS2 and um, PS1, PS1 era. Uh, but even though most of those are actually PS4 versions mm-hmm. of those games. So that and um, access to... Uh, that's Demos. And access to demos is pretty much all you get with that tier. Premium gives you basically as a streaming pass. It's the PlayStation Now equivalent. It is, if you want to stream these games instead of downloading them, here's your pass to do so. Mm -hmm. Also, if you want to stream PS3 games who are only available for streaming, you have to be premium. Mm -hmm. But... Honestly, looking at those PS3 games... It's all the backwards stuff that you've already played. But, but even more so than that, even if you hadn't, there's not that many great options in the PS3 library. So I'm looking at it and like, I don't know why you would pony up the $120 a month to get premium yet until they really add to that service. This is for everyone who's coming into PS4, PS5 yeah. that never played Play those versions games. of games. Yeah, it's just a weird, weird, expensive option for not a whole lot more. Well, it's also someone who has more time to go through yeah. that back catalog and play those games. But I signed up, I went ahead and signed up for Extra uh, to check out the game library stuff, and I'm glad I did. Um, stuff as recent as Assassin's Creed Valhalla mm-hmm. is included here, so I just gave that a shot. And um, Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales is on here, yeah. as well as Demon's Souls, the PS5 version. So there's stuff that I haven't played that were $70 full-price products that are on this thing for my subscription, and I'm like, you know what? That's a good deal. Even if it was just those three games, I'd say this is a pretty good deal. Yeah, there's about five or six games that I saw on that list that I still yeah. either want to play or it's on my list to eventually play. Yeah. Uh, so it might be something that I'll just you know, like 
pay for it because it's dropping up to a hundred dollars right, from yeah. uh, sixty. So yeah, I had just paid the sixty last month, and so it just was like, hey, you want to pay thirty eight dollars for the rest of this year? And I was like, yeah, sure, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like forty dollars, it's a game. I think mine was up in April, so it's been two yeah. months. So um, I think ultimately where I sit on it now is that I think the extra tier may be worth it if you are, like someone on an Xbox with Game Pass, interested in playing recent enough games that you maybe skipped. Um, I think it's worth it for that, as well as future things they'll add, like Stray, which will be an extra game, mm-hmm. or other games that maybe they'll make deals with game, a la Game Pass and get on the service day one. That's going to be cool. Yes, you won't get day one uh, first-party releases on this thing. And that's... Which sucks. Sucks. But, for now, I think it's worth it for the price if you're already on the PlayStation Plus train. If you know you're going to spend a lot of time playing games on PS5. Mm-hmm. So, hey, check it out. Look at the game library, see if it's for you. That's a good thing, though. You can actually look, if you're on the PS5, you can actually look at yes. the entire library yes. available. Because it breaks it down, like, oh, here's what you get with extra, and here's what you get with premium. Is any of this enticing enough to buy the extra tiers? Yeah, so neat. Uh, I'll take a look at it. I mean, yeah, we'll probably circle back in a year and see how year one was and whether or not it was worth it and reevaluate the service. So we'll see. Yep. All right. With that, that's it for our video game thoughts and for the video game section, which brings us to the second half of the show. First off, in the second half, we talk about television, and we always start talking about television. By talking about the sports corner. Big weekend sports this week. U.S. Open happened. That's all you have here. Uh, yeah, the U.S. Open <laughs> is currently happening right now as hey. we're going away. Um, it's the U.S. Open of golf, we should mention. Yes, uh, sorry, of golf. Since we were talking about tennis U.S. Open just last week. Uh, that was the French Open. Uh, well, whatever. You need to specify is what I'm saying. All right. Of golf. <laughs> Thank you. Just because uh, well, the U.S. Open is not tied to the PGA, it's an open. Right. Meaning anyone who qualifies, um, meaning that you have to have a, a yeah. But what I'm saying is that there's yeah. also a U.S. Open of tennis. There's also the U.S. Open of surfing. There's so many U.S. Opens. You have to be specific. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, Colin Morikawa currently tied for first. There you go. Uh, we'll be teeing off later today. Rory McIlroy, uh, minus one behind him. Or sorry, he's minus four through the tournament so far. One behind the leader. So there you go. But yeah, those are your big names. Um, and then there's also, uh, I think it's John Dom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Joel Dom. Joel Dahman. Yes. He's also tied for first. So uh, stay tuned to that if you're a golf person, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yep. It's hilarious. But the big thing... <laughs> but the big, don't say that name. Uh, the big thing, though, this week, of course, was hockey and basketball. Hockey's uh, heating up. Stanley Cup Finals will be uh, our are currently, currently Lightning and the Avalanche. So we'll see ultimately who tops who at the end of this week. Uh, yep. If the Lightning win, they'll that's just technically a dynasty. They'll won three in a row. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But basketball wrapped up as we mentioned ago. with Drake. <laughs> yes, as we mentioned with Drake with the finals with a big win for the Golden State Warriors over the Celtics. And somebody pointed out that apparently. Every year in which Kendrick Lamar has released a record, the Warriors have won the NBA championship. Uh, this one's more significant uh, than <laughs> the previous so? ones. Yeah, it is. Uh, but this one seems to be more significant because they're coming off a two-year rebuild yeah. through 20, from 2019-2020 season, 2020-2021 season, um, where 
they had more losses than wins, and they come back and win the NBA championship. Hey. Um, yeah, okay, you can start talking about Seth Curry as being one of the all-time greats. Oh, to do it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, considering that he uh, won Finals MVP as well, I think he was also the um, league MVP for this year. So yeah, drop his name in there as uh, you can start doing that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely do that. Uh, definitely, we can keep having the debate of who's better, LeBron <laughs> or Curry. Yes, LeBron's got the bigger name, but Curry's got the better titles, and he's <laughs> stuck with his team. Can't argue with rings. Yep. Can't argue with them. Yeah, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then, you know. You'll lose. No, I'll say Michael Jordan would take that personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like everything. As he does. As he does. Uh, and meanwhile, in the world of soccer, 16 North American cities will host matches for the 2026 World Cup. With 11 venues chosen in the United States, three in Mexico, and two in Canada. Yep, this is part of the joint venture for a North American FIFA World Cup in 2026. Yeah. That's, of course, following the one that is happening later this year in Qatar, which is still going on for yeah, some reason. Amid controversy. Uh, but yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. You might be able to go to attend a World Cup game. Uh, potentially. Well, potentially. Um, Notably, the uh, finals that happened the last time this uh, occurred, which was 1996, I believe. Uh-huh, yeah. Or 94. That one sounds, of those. 96 sounds 96 right. 96 was right. Um, yeah, because it was Olympic yeah. year. Same year. Yeah. Um, no, it would be 94 because it was big uh, Olympic. So 96 was Atlanta. Okay. So, yeah. So, 94 uh, was the Rose Bowl. Not, ah. But that was not selected this year. Instead, they opted for the totally new state-of-the-art SoFi Stadium. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, still no word on where the final uh, championship game will be played. Mm-hmm. But, as I just mentioned, new stadium. Yeah. New billion-dollar stadium. You kind of want to play it. Also, it's in L.A., so you get all the cameras and glitz and glamour and all that stuff. But if you're a soccer fan and like to keep things local as opposed to global, you might be a fan of the Major League Soccer and you uh, may have to sign up for Apple Plus if that's the case, because Apple has made a deal with the MLS to stream matches for 10 years starting on tw- in 2023. So Apple TV Plus is not necessarily confirmed that this will be part of their paid tier exclusively or whether this will be available free like those early games that they did with the MLB this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, 10 years lockdown MLS games is going to make a lot of people have to sign up. From what I've been reading online, it's going to work a lot like the uh, NFL Game Pass and the MLB Game yeah, Pass, yeah, where you, you're going to get some games uh, for free. So it's like the MLB, like every mm-hmm. Friday. But if you want all the games, you're going to pay the extra. It's going to be some sort of. You'll have to probably deal, deal for it. It's probably also similar to how uh, Peacock has been doing the Premier League. Stuff, yeah. Uh, where it's like, you get it if you're a paying member. Like, it's just here. Mm-hmm. If you want it. Um, yeah, yeah, but I feel like a lot of people are going to be angry, as they always are, with like this kind of consolidation about only being able to watch it. Right, being now I have to go get Apple TV Plus, I have to go get this yeah. in order to watch all my soccer. Yeah, well, um, but if do, you care, it's yeah. there. But do note that this is not just MLS games, it's also the sub-games as well, and I yeah. think you get several international matches um, mm-hmm. in North America, too. Yeah, so there you go. In sports entertainment news... In oh, big sports entertainment big, news. Big, big yes. uh, shoe dropped. We were waiting for this shoe to drop Oh, we know we were waiting for the shoe to drop. Vince McMahon, the big boss man himself, stepped away as WWE CEO following a Wall Street Journal investigation that he had an affair with a paralegal employee 
and also paid $3 million of NDA hush money to cover it up. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we already knew about this. We've known for a long, long, long time that Vince is not a great guy. There's a lot of questionable practices in his business. Also, he runs that business pretty questionably. So, note, though, this does not mean that he's no longer with the company. He still will remain in a creative producer role, mm -hmm. which means he still has his grubby mitts all over the WWE. So don't get too excited about this yet. This does not mean all of a sudden that this will be a complete turnaround for the brand, that they will be different tomorrow. No, that's not what this is. He's still there. It's just that he decided that he was going to focus on these legal stuff it meant that he had to not be CEO of the company anymore. So, in his place, Stephanie McMahon is taking yeah. as interim because CEO. Of because, you know, keep it in the family. And all yes. of a sudden, it became succession. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always been succession. It's always been it's succession. It's always been succession, is the truth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like I said, nothing's going to change overnight for uh, for wrestling. This is going to be the same shit as always been. Nope. I will say also, the same thing that I always have said, which is, if you like this, I feel like there's a better product at AEW. AEW. So just watch that. Uh, except AEW is also currently having its own kind of oh, well, misfires. Uh, yeah, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, mainly in terms of like keeping talent, keeping talent happy. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the realistic part of wrestling, is that there's always going to be that happening. Yep. Uh, but honestly, yeah, I'm just, man, Vince McMahon is the worst. He's yeah. always been the worst, and yeah, less power is good. So, um, in order for him to be removed from CEO, to real quick business legal news, huh. um, because it's owned, or it's not owned, um, he doesn't own it, it's part of like shareholders. Sure. Um, Vince and the McMahon family own 51% of the company. Mm -hmm. I think Vince McMahon himself owns about 48%. Yeah. Of like tier B shares, which is technically like counts as like double. So his stay in the company is based off the board of directors. Right. Yeah. Whether or not they want to oust him. And even then, he still has majority <laughs> share of so, say in the board of directors. So what we're saying is very, very hard to remove him from the company. Yes. But, very hard to remove him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this is just him stepping away from the limelight. Give him about a year. He'll come back for WrestleMania. Always. As he always you does. You can't get rid of him. He's like a pox. Uh, anyway. But it will be interesting because if it if an internal investigation can prove that he had an affair with this paralegal and then promoted her <laughs> within the company because of the relationship, that would be grounds for termination. That is what they have to prove, though. Yeah. So we'll see. So we'll see. All right. Anything else in sports before we can move on to television proper? Uh, baseball continues to happen, and glass <laughs> cannons continue to break. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, yeah. Yes, um, Ugh, yeah, crazy. Yankees continue to their dominance. absolute dominance in the league. Yeah, Jesus, uh, just they're they're the Bankies again. Yep, yep, it's ba they're back. They're back, crushing it. It's the nineties again. Uh, yes, <sighs> Aaron Judge, give him a <laughs> ring. Might as well. Might as well. All right. Anything else? Um, XFL is starting to wind down for those of you that still care about it. <laughs> I said, no, you mean USFL, right? Yeah, the USFL. You said the XFL. I said the XFL? Yes, you did. So XFL is next year. <laughs> you, you reverted. The XFL is still next year. Yeah, yeah USFL. USFL. Yes. Still continuing. Okay. Let's move on then out of sports and into proper television news. Hey, for the first story, I have a question for you. Do you like Avatar? Uh, the blue people? <laughs> Thank you for... Slam dunking my, my setup there. No, the other Avatar, Avatar The Last Airbender, the Nickelodeon show that ended back in 2008. You mean the 
the Avatar Last and Better that's on Netflix? That uh, everyone watches on Netflix now? Yeah, the very same. Yeah. So that is getting three new spin-off films. Paramount, who made the announcement at the Annecy International Animation Film Festival, did not share plot details about the forthcoming trilogy, but Lauren Montgomery, who worked on Avatar The Last Airbender, is directing the still-untitled film, the first of three standalone stories that are in the works. The, film, the films are in development under the company's Avatar Studios banner, which was formed back in February of 2021. The division is designed to create original content spanning animated series and movies based on both Avatar The Last Airbender and its spinoff series, The Legend of Korra. These films will be separate from the live-action Avatar films that are currently in the works also at Netflix. So they have big plans for Avatar, and it makes sense. They probably looked at the success that you're talking about of streaming numbers on mm-hmm. Netflix. Also, the fervent fan base on the internet and how many people around our ages are obsessed with Avatar. Mm-hmm. I never got into it, tried it, bounced off of it. I don't know. But I get why people love it. It's got deep lore, you know, lovable characters, a lot to love, cool animation style. It nails the ending. And they nailed the ending, apparently. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I get it. And I'm glad that those people have more Avatar. And it seems like with people that were involved in the original production. So what this is going to detail, if I may use my creative brain here, right. um, Cap. Let's do it. Conspiracy Cap here. Um, so Avatar ended in 2008. Main characters uh, were still around 10, 14, around that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you age them up? Well, one, you're going to have to age them up. Okay. Two, any conflict that they introduce either has to be resolved over the course of those three films because there is no conflict by the time you get to Legend of Korra. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, you're given about 30-ish years to work with there. So you have a lot of different stories you can tell as well as the evolution of the world of the Avatar because... When you go from Last Airbender to Legend of Korra, there's like a big technological jump that they don't really explain <laughs> a whole lot of. They just said, this is how society is now with Legend of Korra. And so and there's so, opportunity there to explain what happened. Yep. Okay. And especially give people who want more of Avatar what happened with those characters more than what you got with just um, some lip service with Legend of Korra. Yeah. So cool. Ultimately, it, there's a lot of opportunity for them to make cool stuff here. And mm-hmm. um, I hope the fans get something that they love. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, but uh, you will kind of get the Superman problem of if Eng is the yeah. avatar and can solve everything. Yeah, I guess. You got to have the Maybe Superman problem. Maybe you don't focus on them then. Yep. Maybe you focus on something else. Yep. All right. Let's move on to this weekend executives completely missing the point. Yes. <laughs> In addition to an official sequel to Squid Game, the very successful Netflix Korean-developed show being announced, Netflix also said that they are doing what it billed as the biggest reality show in the history of television, Squid Game colon The Challenge, which will be a 10-part game show where 456 competitors from around the world were gathered together for a chance to win $4.56 million. Netflix has already stated that, quote, the worst fate is going home empty-handed, unquote, which removes pretty much every single ounce of Jeopardy from the actual proceedings of the Squid Games, but, you know. Yep. Without the lingering specter of death, the games which involve tug of war and scratch pin against some honeycomb multiple times, to name a few, have the potential to be staggeringly anticlimactic. Casting for Squid Game The Challenge is now open, though, 
for applications. So go to squidgamecasting.com. Except don't do that because this is a stupid idea and I hate everything about this. Hello. Hello, uh, Irony. You're missing <laughs> my point. <laughs> so two things kind of happened after this news came out. You had a lot of people like me saying, what the hell? That's not what... The, you aren't supposed to want, want to, to do the Squid, squid game, Game games. Yes. No. It's not supposed to be aspirational. You're supposed to... The thing you're supposed to take out of Squid Game is, oh my god, this is horrifying. Mm-hmm. I hope this never actually happens. Two. Yes, that weird social... Like, that some social media guy did this. Yeah, the Mr. Viral Beast thing. Mr. Beast he, guy. He already did it. And so half the internet was saying, like, why... Do, why? Why? Mm-hmm. We already got this. This already happened. And yeah. at the same time... When that happened, people were also saying, dude, you missed the point. Yep. So... It's not a reality competition. It's a life or death situation. I don't get I don't get this. I don't understand this. Uh, besides the fact, oh, we put Squid Game on it and uh, people will watch it. Which they're unfortunately correct. Well, they also put out The Floor is Lava. Yeah. And people watch that. They did like Floor is Lava. They also put out Is This Cake. I'm just saying that... And people watch that. They could do this and not call it Squid Game. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Is that they have no reason to associate with... You're going to die if you lose. There's no reason. Then that begs the question is, do they just use paintballs and like you get hit, you're eliminated? I guess. They could do something like that. They just wipe out and you're falling into water. Exactly. Uh, I'm just saying, I just don't get what person thought this was a good idea to associate with a squid game. That's all it is. Just don't associate with a squid game. Also, you know, it's like, dang, like, here's four point five six million dollars yeah. dangling in front of you. It is a lot of prize money. To be fair. But this not is, the biggest. Yeah, but it's pretty damn big. Yeah. Um, it's up there. I think, what was it? Dog Eat. Is it Dog Eat Dog or was Fear uh, Factory who offered a $5 million purchase yeah. at one point? Still, though, like, man, you make $4 million, you're pretty good. You're pretty good from there on out. You can, you can kind of cruise. You know, if you're, you're going to play the lottery for millions of dollars and you're yeah. one in one millionth chance of winning... Here, you're one of 456 chance. So. Not bad odds if you want to do all those stupid Squid Game games. But then, one, you're either betting on yourself, or two, you need to find the old man who's uh, within the game, who they know they can't kill. Right. Or, you know, show it off camera. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's all I have to say about this. It's stupid. I don't know why they're doing it. Uh, because money. Yeah, because money. Let's right. move on. Speaking of Netflix... And speaking of reality competition shows, yes. uh, we both watched uh, a reality competition show on Netflix. And speaking of revivals, yeah. it's back. It's back. Iron Chef. Yes. Was this the, the, the Quest for the Legend Chef or something? Quest for the Iron Legend. Iron Legend. I believe is yes. what it's called. So unlike previous Iron Chefs, this is a reality show setup uh, where it's a limited uh, number of episodes in the season and is specifically to... Uh, get to a final point where you're facing off all of the Iron, Iron Chefs. Chefs. Yeah. So it's more structured than before. Um, but it brings back a lot of the people from the uh, Food Network era of Iron Chef America. So that's uh, Alton Brown. Brown as your host and the, chairman's the chairman's son. Chairman's uh, nephew. Nephew, nephew, right? Yes. Uh, and so, and a lot of those Iron Chefs from that era return for this, along with new competitors, of course. Yep. So, yeah, it's Iron Chef, and that's going to be, well, specifically, it's Iron Chef America, and that's either mm-hmm. going to be your vibe, or it's not going to be your vibe at all. Yeah, Mark DaCosta. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's also set up differently from what it was originally. Right. Before, it was, here's your secret ingredient, 
and now you have to create five dishes of it. Uh, instead, it's here's the theme that we want to go for, whether it's street food, tailgating, farm to table. I mean, the first one did still have, you had to have lamb and everything. Well, no, no, no. It's here's the right. theme, but your secret ingredient that you have to use in your dishes is whatever they want it to be. Right. So, like, lamb, um, I think the other one was ribs, the other one was milk and different kinds of milk out there. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's... It's Iron Chef. It's Iron Chef. But specific... And I want to be specific every time. It's Iron Chef America. Yes. And why I'm, th- why I'm making that distinction is because the original Japanese Iron Chef is such a different vibe. It's goofy. It's, like, completely absurd. I feel like you lose a lot of the charm with the Iron Chef America. It takes it more serious. It takes it so seriously. And that means that it, the vibe-wise, I'm just like, ah, there's a lot of yelling, a lot of moving, like, like harsh... Sounds and like everybody's angry and everybody's moving around. And, like just, and, and everyone's working it. like in an actual kitchen. Yeah, I didn't vibe with it at all because of that. I I, I miss the charm of the silly charm of the original Japanese Iron Chef. Uh, one thing uh, that this version does on Netflix is that they have to present an appetizer yeah. thirty minutes into yeah. their meal. It's a neat wrinkle. It's a neat wrinkle. Uh, but also that the chairman will throw curveballs during. Uh, during the process. Right. Um, I think the one that you saw, the curveball, was that a fire oven has to be introduced. Yes. A different kind of use of fire has to par- be part of every single one of the yep. um, things. One of them is that they had NFL players join and have to be part of the team and create a dish. Um, also, that... Well, what was the one with the milk? There's a different one. That was the one with the milk that... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was doing something else. But yeah. They do enough stuff to try to mix up the formula a little bit. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you like Iron Chef America, this is what you're getting. It's very, not very Iron Chef. Yeah, it's very Iron Chef y. Uh, oh, that's where the audio is coming from. Screw you. <laughs> I was like, I hear an audio somewhere. <laughs> Something's happening. Yep. Uh, but yeah, um, so it's there. It's on Netflix. Uh, the whole season's up already. So if you want to just binge through that, it's there. Yep. Uh, suggest not, you know. Take your time with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of cooking. Right, it's a lot of cooking. Um, oh, but that's the biggest thing about it is that the challenger does not pick who they go up against. Right, yes, it's picked for I them. I didn't like that. It's picked for them by the chairman. Yeah. I didn't like that. I guess if it's going to be a tournament-style thing, they have to do that because if everybody was choosing, you'd choose the same person. Like, you've had multiple people choosing the same people. That's what you think, though. Yeah. Or but what, no, I mean, they, maybe they not, don't, though. But they can't gamble that that's a possibility. Right. So they're like, no, we choose for you now. Right, especially if they're they bring in new Iron Chefs, which uh, don't have a household name. Right. Outside of, uh, I think Curtis Stone's the only one who's a household name. Yeah. Everyone else is just Iron Chef because we're nominating them as Iron Chef. Right. I'm sure they have a great resume, but like casual viewers probably don't know who they are. Yeah. And then the guest judges. We'll always let me some guest judges. <laughs> Danny Charles is a guest judge. Sure. <laughs> hey, you know what? He's all about food lately. His tacos. Yep. Big, big hit. Also, Nancy Silverton was on there. Hey. Yeah. There you go. All right. Let's move on, though. The other... Well, that, that's what it was. Uh, the milk was that each uh, component had to include a pastry uh, style right. of, right. Um, not, not just in the dish, but a pastry style of cooking. Okay. 
Let's move on. Uh, the other thing, uh, big thing I watched this week uh, was the Tony Awards, your annual celebration of Broadway. Yes, which you talked about last week. Yeah, I talked about that was happening. We don't go too deep into it. We don't cover theater here. But uh, what we will say is, yeah, you mentioned the most interesting thing that happened over the course of the night. Jennifer Hudson now has an EGOT. Yes. And beat Lin-Manuel his, <laughs> uh, unfortunately for him. So, yeah, there you go. I believe she's not the youngest person to have that title. Uh, she's the second black woman to do it outside of Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. Uh, but W. Beff, both of them get their Emmys from daytime Emmys. Hey, they still count. Still count. Despite what some people <laughs> uh, related to the show seem to think. But yeah, it was a good Tony's. I enjoyed a lot of the performances. Uh, they had a um, particularly moving uh, tribute to uh, Stephen Sondheim because mm-hmm. after his death last year. Um, yeah, and the actual reward, awards themselves were kind of surprising. Um not necessarily where I thought they were going to go. So, yeah, I thought it was a good night of television. It's the, still... the Lehman Brothers surprise you? Yeah, I know. No, that actually was one of the ones we knew that was going to win. Oh, okay. Uh, but not the Lehman Brothers themselves. The play about the Lehman the, Brothers. The, the Lehman Trilogy play. Yeah, specifically. Don't get us twisted here. We're not... <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, but, yeah. But the only thing that I have to say is the same thing I complained about last year, which is we hate that it's split, split. into... Between Paramount Plus and CBS. You don't get the whole show on broadcast television anymore. The worst example of this, for some reason, best original score for a musical is in the pre-show. Really? But best original book for a musical is in the broadcast show. Wouldn't you think that those would be reversed? reversed. You would want to celebrate the music of your musical... On broadcast TV, not the lines. Mm-hmm. I, mm, a little. I mean, friend of the show and Broadway expert Christy agrees with me here, and so it just seems broken. Yeah, they need they need to figure out how to get it to be one show again. It's ridiculous. Still, be too long of a show. I don't think so, but eh, they just have to cut stuff. They just have to be willing to cut stuff, and um, I don't know if they'll ever do it. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Good, good Tonys this year, and uh, makes me uh, want to see some more musicals. And congratulations to A Strange Loop. Yes. The, the It's a musical or is it a play? It is a musical. A musical about an usher, <laughs> yes. named, uh, a guy named Usher, who, who is, is an, an usher. usher, writing a play yes. about a guy named Usher, yes. who is an usher, yes. about writing a play, <laughs> who named Usher. It's an infinite yeah. loop. Uh, this was the... <laughs> I mean, strange one, you could it's say. It's a strange loop. <laughs> oh, yeah, but Jennifer Hudson was a producer yes. on that because it won the Tony for yes. Best, Best Play, Musical. musical. Um, also, side note, um, whoever that uh, Michael jo- Michael Jackson guy is, <laughs> uh, Frost, I think was his last name, <laughs> super talented. He's a talented guy. Uh, am, am I great? Like, am I super happy that a musical based on the life Michael of Michael Jackson, Jackson is getting this much publicity? Whatever. Also interesting, the guy who wrote Strange Loop, Michael R. Jackson. <laughs> Incredibly confusing. <laughs> All right. That's it for the Tonys. Uh, did you watch? Oh, I have one quick thing to talk about for uh, TV thoughts that I'm not going to spend much time on because, oh boy. We also watched Netflix, Netflix's First Kill. If you're not familiar with this is, this is a um, vampire... Uh, high school romance show uh, that uh, slash supernatural romance vampire thing 
that is based on a short story by a young adult author, uh, V.E. Schwab, who I've actually seen in real life at book festivals. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is a really schlocky, low-budget um, teen show on Netflix that really leans into the... Ooh, edgy vampires. Vampire High School. It's Vampire High School. It's very Twilight, um, but it's not very good. The special effects are kind of bad. The writing is trash. However, what I will say is, is that, oh yeah, it's very lesbian. Uh, well, yeah, because your main characters are Juliet and Calliope. Like if I tell you, if I tell you right now, it's literally vampire falls in love with vampire hunter. You know how this is going to go badly yes so yeah it's it's very silly but one thing i will say about it is you know what us straight people have had awful like middle of the road mediocre shows like this forever it's about time that the lesbian community has one and here it is (laughs) here's your schlocky awful mediocre supernatural show you got one congratulations yay anyways that's first kill that's first kill uh anything else we watched that we need to talk about Nothing that I particularly watched over the past week. All right. A lot of sports. A lot of sports. A lot of baseball this week for me. Let's move on. Yeah. Well, heartbreak. Uh, let's move on to cancellations and renewals All then. Right. What am I no longer watching? Well, you're still watching Wind Calls the Heart on Hallmark. I know you are. Because it's got renewed for another t- for another season. It's up to ten, people. Ten seasons. Yep. Uh, so people are watching it. Uh, Meeting Boat Favorite Hacks is getting a third season on HBO Max. Even though it kind of ended on a perfect note for season two. There's still more to come. Swagger will get a second season on Apple TV+. Chippendale Park Life. The animated show. Will get a second season on Disney+. Monsters at Work also will get a second season on Disney+. Boo. Yeah, whatever. Sweet Home will get two more seasons on Netflix. That will bring it total to three. The Lincoln Lawyer, the series, will get a second season on Netflix. Oh, so I did watch the first episode of that. Okay. I'm sorry. I tried to watch the first episode of that. <laughs> uh-huh. Did not work for you? It didn't. I just bounced right off. Right. It, was t- it was drama on drama's sake for the sake of drama. Fair enough. I didn't like it. I, I Get the Matthew McConaughey movie going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, watch the movie instead. Watch the movie instead. Doomlands. We'll get a second season on the Roku channel mm-hmm. for all five of you watching that. Starstruck will get a third season on HBO Max. Squid Game, the aforementioned Squid Game, will get a second season on Netflix because, of course, it will. Mm-hmm. Made for Love, canceled after second, after its uh, two seasons on HBO Max. It's not made for us, apparently. Nope. Schmigadoon will get a second season on Apple TV+, but rumors say that because it will be based on a different musical... Will possibly be renamed to Chicago, <laughs> which is a great joke, and I'm hoping that it's better than season one. Then, uh, lastly, in cancellations and renewals, the boys will come back again. Fourth season on Amazon Prime Video. Yep. Boys are back in town. The boys will be back, as they always are. Yep. Couple deaths uh, this week: Christopher Pratt, age 86. Not Can that he... Chris Pratt. No, not that Chris Pratt. Not the crispy rat. Nope. Uh, age 86, Canadian painter and printmaker, designer of the flag of Newfoundland and Labrador. Why is this on our podcast? <laughs> because it's Chris Pratt. Yeah, wrong Chris Pratt. Oh. Next up, Billy Kamitz, age 35. That's so young. American voice actor. Worked on anime adaptations such as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Pokemon, and Attack on Titan. 
That's a sad one. Jeez, That's a young 35. one. Five. That's like three years away from me. Shh. Scary shit. You can't say your age live <laughs> on the internet. Why not? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, oh, real quickly, I did watch one other thing. Um, it's technically a catch-up thing. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> F-Boy Island. Oh, yeah. On HBO Max. Forgot about that. That was a thing. That's only going to get one season. It's sponsored by Nikki Glazer. Uh, I didn't really like it because everything that they said for the beginning, they completely broke yeah. as they were going through yeah. it, including, like, keeping everyone a secret. Like, are they a nice guy or are they an F-Boy? Halfway through, they're like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to tell you what we're going to tell what, what everyone is, and we're going to see if you still want to fall in love. But then at the end, it was if the girl chooses the F boy, the F boy gets the money, but then he could choose like if he wants to stay and have a relationship with her or not. But the F boy who got chosen decided to stay with the money that he was here because of competition. Yeah. Except he doesn't get to keep the money. So, and it said he gets donated to charity, which begs the question that if you're going to have a season two on this, <laughs> and an F-boy going into this knows that one, his, his status is going to be revealed, and two, he's not even going to keep the money, what's the point of having F-boys on here then? <laughs> we can say. And, like, every single step was like, we're going to do this, oh, but we're going to break it, like, constantly. And it wasn't even, like, a good break, like uh, Netflix's The Circle is. Yeah. It was just... We're just going to break it because we don't like where this is headed and we need to producerize this thing to make it go in the way we want it to and add extra drama. Well, that's sad. It's, it was terrible. Yeah, well, you know what? With a name like F-Boy Island, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Lots of F-Boys, which is hilarious to watch, but then like, sure. once you realize who everyone was, it was like, you yeah, kind of got that mystery away of like, oh, are they a nice guy? Are they really a nice guy? We get it. We get that this is it. doing it this way. Yeah. Well. Oh, well, there's better. Like, just, like we just said, just watch The Circle instead. Yeah. Let's move on into the movie section. We start the movies, as always, with the weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie is, of course, Jurassic World Dominion, which debuted to a $145 million week. Not bad. That's a pretty good number for Jurassic World Dominion. I did not see that coming. No, but watch it fall off the cliff this weekend. Oh, absolutely. It will not have the hold that your number two movie, Top Gun Maverick, did. Still at $51 million this week. That's already at three ninety five. Domestic. If you want to know how big that is, just look at the number three movie. <laughs> big Cliff. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness only made $5 million to get your number three spot, and that's at 398 So yes, 395 versus 398 with a huge difference in the amount of time it's been in theaters. Yes. So Top Gun making brutal money compared to the Disney stuff this, this year. People really wanted a Top Gun Apparently. sequel. It was long enough. It was long enough. Yeah. Tom Cruise made it work with yeah. the producing, and yeah. it's actually good. That's it's one of the good ones. Perfect it's, storm of things happening right there. Yeah, it's not like the previous like remakes or sequels that we've had over the past yeah, couple that of years. Didn't deliver. Uh, one that comes to mind is the Independence Day yeah. insurrection. Right, nobody wanted what? that. It turns out. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah. Rounding out your top five, though, at number four, The Bad Guys, $2.5 million at 91 domestic. That will not limp to the 100 mark. No. And Bob's Burgers movie with another 2.4, which won't probably even make 30. Oh. Oh, sorry, Bob's Burgers. I loved you, but just not enough time. Not enough people wanted to go to the theaters to see you. That's because we have a big release this week. We'll have a second life in streaming, though, I'm sure. Yes, big releases this week, though, for the 24th. The Black Phone. 
And of course, it's a horror film. Yes, and of course, Boz Lerman's Elvis. Yes. If you want to see a, what seems to be a pretty bad movie about Elvis, uh, yeah. You see there Austin you Butler as Elvis and Tom Hanks as Elvis manager, sleazy manager. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, bad word of mouth for this thing, but we'll see when it comes out this week. Otherwise, currently in theaters, you can go check out Lightyear if yep. you want. I, I've made, I said my stuff about it on yeah. the last podcast. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Lightyear is better, probably. So, I have a toss-up. Um, this upcoming Sunday is Father's Day, and we will see what is playing following lunch, either Jurassic World Dominion or Lightyear. Whichever one just happens to be playing next is the one we're going to see. Yeah, that's tough, because I feel like I don't want to see... I'd ra- I think me, I'd rather see Jurassic World because I'm curious about what they do after the last one. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm not curious about what the hell Lightyear is at all. Um, that being said, bad word of mouth for Dominion. Which makes me worried. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know anymore. I mean, we'll find That's out at box office yeah. next week. Find out. Alright, let's move on to our first movie story this week, which is all about people getting gigs. About directors. Directors getting gigs. Disney is tapping Guy Ritchie to direct another live-action film following his $1.2 billion success of live-action Aladdin. This time, he's overseeing a live-action film based on the Disney animated film Hercules. The film will be produced by Joe and Anthony Russo, uh, specifically their production company, AGBO, and written by Dave Callum, Callahan... Callahan. Callahan. I wanted it to be Callahan, so that... It's, it's an M at the Callahan. end, not an N. Who uh, was uh, who helped write Shane Shang Chi and Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four? Oh well, halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> but while, yeah, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, uh, no word on casting, but sure. you know, uh, I could see a live action Aladdin working. Uh, Christie's uh, input on this last night was like, "Well, yeah, just cast me as Meg, and we're good." <laughs> She's got the hair. She's got Sony the hair. has hired. Meanwhile, Sony has hired Justin Lin to direct the live action version of the manga One Punch Man with Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinker. Uh, writing the script, who wrote Joe Munji and Venom. Now, both of them are writers for Venom, Venom 2, and then Jumanji and Jumanji Next Level. All four of those at Sony. Yeah, so, and successful. And successful at Sony. So, yeah, they're Sony just deepening into that Sony world. Yeah. Uh, how do um, you feel about a live-action version of One Punch Man, though, as someone with anime experience? Do you think that translates? It might work because it's super satire on the whole superhero yeah. genre. Do you think Justin Lin... Is the right director here? Because I feel like that's a little bit of a mismatch. Um, yes. Be- well, yes and no. Because it's not like you're action- adapting Initial D. Like- no, no. <laughs> but the action that goes around One Punch Man is sure. the spectacle. Okay. Because he's just basically standing there like, okay, this is happening. Okay. That's cool. Well, maybe. maybe. It, can, it can be good. Um, this also is the next gig that Justin is directing. Yeah. Following the bail, bail on Fast, Fast X. 10. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. See, we will uh, see. But yeah, um, this might also just be Sony dipping into that um, deal with Crunchyroll and Funimation. Taking advantage of those anime deals they have. Yep. Makes sense. Meanwhile, Studio Canal is bringing on a first-time director, Dougal Wilson, that's a good name, yep. to helm Paddington in Peru, the third film in the Paddington franchise. Meanwhile, Mark Burton and John Foster will be back from Paddington 2 to write the screenplay. This is good news, because I don't know if you know, Paddington... And Paddington 2 are good-ass movies. Those are actually good films. They're fun family films that are super charming and super engaging. And I am so excited to see Paddington go back to Peru. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
it's just such a cute character, a cute world, great characters and great stories. Give me more Paddington, is what yep. I'm saying. Uh, Mark Burton and John Foster were the ones who punched up yes. Paddington 2 from yes. the original script, but yes. now they'll be writing it from the beginning this time. Good to know. Good news. All right. Our last story in film and for the podcast today is a little bit sad one. We're ending you with like a little bit of a bummer. It's not a sad but one. But hope for the future. It's a hope. Involved. It's a hope message. Here. The Brady Organization Against Gun Violence is calling on Hollywood writers, directors, and producers to examine on-screen gun violence and depictions of gun safety, asking the creative community to sign a pledge that's already garnered more than 200 signatures, including such names as Judd Apatow, Shonda Rhimes, Damon Lindelof, and Jimmy Kimmel. The pledge, while noting that the, quote, responsibility lies with lax gun laws supported by those politicians more afraid of losing power than saving lives, unquote, acknowledges that, quote, America's storytellers, unquote, have the power to, quote, effect change, unquote. Unquote. The Brady Pledge states, asks writers, wait, Brady Pledge asks writers, directors, and producers to, whenever possible, to use creativity to, quote, model responsible gun ownership and show consequences for reckless gun use. Also, to make a conscious effort to show characters locking their guns safely and making them inaccessible to children, and have at least one conversation during pre-production regarding the way that guns will be portrayed on screen, and consider alternatives that could be employed without sacrificing narrative integrity. So, two, two brief thoughts here. First thing that comes to mind, obviously, is this is a move, yes, but ultimately the laws are the things that's going to stop gun mm-hmm. violence. Removing guns from people who should not have them is the thing that's going to stop gun violence. Actual political action is what's going to actually work. This is good in theory, but I don't know how much actual effect it will have on the actual thing. This is Probably. good in influence. Sure. Hollywood and and media have a big influence in how people yeah. view guns, view police. Yeah. I mean, I don't wh- think it's a bad idea. I'm just saying it's not the core problem, but it's what we as a culture can do to help. The second thing, yes. it reminded me specifically of the move in the last decade and a half to remove cigarettes and smoking yes. from uh, movies and television shows, which has happened. If you notice, only the like the highest rated things, whether your TV, MA shows, or your R-rated movies, have smoking in them anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't see smoking in PG-13 films anymore, and that's because of a huge effort that something similar to this had about removing those things from media. This also go, even dates back something like this to the '80s when nudity was yeah. very well, well around in film in the '70s, '80s, '90s. Brief nudity, and you don't see it anymore not that because much, not that much. well, one internet you can easily have access <laughs> to nudity if you want. You get it when you want. Yeah. But also, yeah, it they just dropped it from the narrative. It's not necessary anymore. So yeah, uh, yeah, like I said, it's not going to be the thing that is the ultimate solution. It kind of reminds me of like oh. Well, we want to show that we're like, we're like, uh, I don't know. It's something. I, it's, it's not saying that all guns are going to go away from media. No, no, no. no. Just, they want, if you're going to show them, show a safe and smart approach to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is cool, in theory. But again, actual political action is what's going to help. And actual laws being passed are the thing that we absolutely need. Obviously, Hollywood can't do that. Nope. But this is something in the interim something that they can do Mm -hmm. so there that's the moving news for the week and that'll do it for the breaking news this week i don't think there is news no probably not probably not um yeah um that's this week so 
Good news is, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Mm-hmm. If you want to see us live, you can do so on web, on the web on... It's not the word web, but I said web. Web. Uh, we will be live on YouTube around the same time Saturday morning. If you want to get notifications when we go live, if you want to subscribe to our channel and see our archive of videos as well, all of that can be done on YouTube. Just search Media Boat Podcast to find our channel. If you're old school and you want to listen to the audio version, we have that as well. Just search Media Boat Podcast on any of your podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to Spotify even. If you want to listen to podcasts, we're there. Check us out. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, our handle is MediaBoatCast. On Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast and find our page. And then last, but definitely not least, as we mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to ask us questions, if you have information for us that we missed, if there's feedback you want to give us about the show, about the quality of the stream, audio, what get what whatever it is, email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, we'll read your email on this on the show. Yep. With that, that'll do us for this week's episode. Yep. Uh, we'll be back next week with more thoughts, more news, um, winner of the US Open of golf. Yes, thank you. Um, we may even have a Stanley Cup champion by the time I, we talk next I, week. I bet we will. All right. See you next time. Have okay. a good week. Okay, bye. bye.